Kevin, that was awesome. As our trick listeners, treat. trick or treat, as our listeners may have gathered, this is a bit of a special episode. You guys are getting to experience the first edition, the first ever special holiday episode of Exploring Faith and Pursuing Grace. I am Lee Grant. This is Kevin Pendergrass, and our subject this evening is Halloween. It's one of the largest holiday celebrations in America and one of the largest holiday celebrations worldwide. This year, Dennis joyfully grin all over the country as they know that cavities are going to increase nationwide because of all the candy. All of these kids and parents face it. You too. Everyone's going to eat as much candy as they can without getting sick. And Dennis are going to be rolling in the dough. It is job security. I was wondering where you were going with that. At first, I thought you were meaning like Dennis. I thought you were going to talk about Dennis Limeroux or something. (laughs) No, but I do need to. Which he is a dentist. Dennis the dentist. He is a dentist. (laughs) That is true. Yeah. So I guess he is included in that cohort. I wonder if he's going to be a dentist for Halloween. Dennis the dentist (laughs) is is Dennis for Halloween. That would be amazing. He carries a big power drill around open wide. That would be a good costume. Don't steal my idea, Kevin. But no, we're going to be talking about Halloween because – Every year, whenever Halloween comes around, when October comes around, you start seeing the days get shorter. We get closer to uh, to the winter months. And as we approach the end of fall in October, approaching November, the holiday season kicks off with Halloween every year. You have Halloween in October, Thanksgiving in November, and then Christmas in December. And these are the three biggest holidays that we celebrate in America, generally speaking. And there's a lot of controversy that surrounds both Halloween and Christmas, but this episode is going to be focusing on Halloween and its relationship to the Christian life. Should Christians celebrate Halloween? And this is a question, if you would have asked me, um, I'm going to say 10 years ago, my answer would have been a a wholesale no. It would have been absolutely not. No way. Christians should not and cannot celebrate Halloween. We're going to get into some of that as this episode goes on. Um, But at this point, I'm saying, nah, it's all good. And you you didn't celebrate Halloween growing up, right? No, we did not celebrate Halloween. We had nothing to do with it. We stayed home. We kept the lights off. The porch lights were off. You were one of those. You were the houses that we would go and egg. Yep, exactly. And there was no shortage of consternation directed at those who would engage in egging and toilet papering and (laughs) and all of those other types of chicanery that occurs every year on Halloween. Um, But in any case, we never celebrated it growing up. And I'll be honest, it's probably the one of the things I really do feel like I missed out on in my childhood. I really do wish that I could have experienced that and celebrated it. But the great thing is, is now that I have kids, I get to live vicariously through them. (laughs) And I am making up for those lost decades of trick-or-treating where I didn't get to do so. And dude, my kids look forward to getting their costumes. We're starting to, you know, we've we've been talking about for a long time what they're going to be for Halloween. We're already starting to talk about what they're going to be for Halloween next year. Like it's something that they thoroughly enjoy. And I usually get a costume and I go with them and we have a good time. Well, and spoiler alert, Halloween is my absolute favorite holiday. I grew up trick-or-treating. My birthday is October 21st, and so everything was just wonderful about October. My birthday, Halloween, candy, football, fall weather. It's fantastic. Uh, But that said, we are going to engage in a real conversation about what we believe Halloween is and what it can be, what it could be what it may be to some people, and how a Christian can celebrate Halloween, or maybe if they don't want to celebrate Halloween, why, of course, that's okay too. But it's interestingly, because I forgot, you didn't celebrate Halloween growing up, and I loved it growing up. And so only on Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace can you have 
two individuals, one who never celebrated, one who did, come together and talk about this holiday we call Halloween. <laughs> there you go. And that is the beauty of this podcast. And, you know, we both agree now, and it is one of my favorite holidays now. But even years ago, I would say 10 years ago, at that point, it was something that I still would preach against. It's not something we should participate in. It's not something Christians should have any part in. And we're going to go through that rationale as we go through this episode, and we're going to discuss that position as there's three main positions that people hold when it relates to Halloween. And we'll go through those and we'll outline them. And I think that our listeners, our audience, are they're probably going to be surprised by the conclusion that, that you and I come to on this. I, I think they're going to be really interested to see... <laughs> how this shakes out and it's so so hang on to your hats folks because it's gonna get spooky (laughs) oh that's great okay so we'll go ahead and start first of all with the history of halloween if that's cool with you just so that we can go all the way back to understand you know how, how it all came to be and so that the origin of halloween is actually celtic in tradition And around 2,000 years ago or so, the Celts would celebrate the end of their harvest season on October the 31st. So this was a holiday for them. And it was actually known as the Festival of Samhain. No, Kevin, it wasn't. It was the Festival of Samhain. (laughs) That's what I always knew it as with Samhain. You know, down here in southern Oklahoma, growing up in Ringling America, that's what we call it. If you ever talked about Samhain. Well, those those preterists, they like to celebrate the Sam Haynes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Daniel. Oh, our friend Nikki will enjoy that too. Um, but yeah, so anyway, they 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 believe that Sawin, uh, the Lord of Death and Darkness, sent ghosts to Earth that night to destroy their crops and possess the living, and this was something that they actually believed. And so the the Celts, they would dress up by wearing animal heads and and skins. And the reason they did this was in hopes to drive away the ghost. Now, I want to stop right there. Had you ever heard any of this growing up? Because I just find this history fascinating. That I never did. It was only about probably six or seven years ago that I had learned of its Celtic origins. And I knew that it was Celtic, but I didn't know that. And then my uh, one of my good friends, she shared with me that last little bit of information that that you just shared, that Sawin was the lord of death and darkness, and that Sawin would come to earth and try to possess humans and destroy crops and to take care of all of this, you know, absolute destructive chaos, and that they would drive them away or drive Samhain away by wearing the animal heads, the skins, and and et cetera. So it's only recently that I came to know that. So I did know it, but growing up, I had never heard it. I'd always heard that Halloween was a pagan holiday in which witches would get together and, and cast spells. And it was like a high witch holiday. And they would, you know, and Satanists like to make human sacrifices on this. So you need to be sure and keep your kids close and, and yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Halloween's nothing new. Yeah. It, it goes all the way back 2000 years. And it was of course their belief in the, the Lord of death and darkness, Sawin and, um, and they, they did. They really believed that the, the ghost would, uh, or that he would send ghosts to earth to destroy uh, the, their crops and possess the living. And of course, it was the end of the um, of of the uh, the harvest season, and so that's what they believed was was going on and taking place. So it's just very interesting to see how far back the roots of Halloween go. Which really, what we know as Halloween is is resembles nothing like that, but. We are trying to go back as far as we possibly can so that we can draw some sort of a linear line here to understand how we got to what is now known as Halloween. So that, well, so that, that oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and, and on that note, man, it's so interesting to, to see and to realize that as things progress through time, how certain, oh, what's the word, apocryphal traditions can begin to take root and how you know, you can lose the narrative of the truth behind the history of something like this idea that it's, you know, um, 
you know, that this was a festival of Samhain that was designed to prevent the Lord of death from coming in and obliterating their crops and possessing humans. That's not something you really ever hear about in the discourse, especially or even from those who oppose the practice and celebration of Halloween in a Christian sense. You don't hear that. You, yeah. you hear a different story being purported as to the origins of Halloween, even though that story is not representative of the truth behind why Halloween originated or how it originated. And I, I think it serves as a really, uh, it serves as a good example of why we don't need to retain certainty about factual things and present things as factual. If we're not hundred percent sure that's the case, everything that we believe in all the information that we are going to purport and that we're going to share in life is going to be information that we have synthesized and put together and heard from other people. Yeah. And historiography it, is a lot different than history. <laughs> yes, yes, it absolutely is. And we really need to be careful whenever we are purporting truth behind the origins of a celebration or, or anything like that, that we're actually speaking the truth and we're actually giving the facts behind that. Yeah. So, okay. So, so that, that's how it, it truly originated and you already begin to see they dressed up in animal skin. So there was some quote unquote costumes going on that they believed in ghosts were coming out and, and possessing people and destroying their crops. And so, so we already begin to see ghosts and costumes, but the Romans ended up conquering the Celtic territory. And when they did that, they heard about this holiday, the festival of, of Samhain, but they actually took this holiday and they ended up combining it with two of their own holidays to kind of create this uh, amalgamation, <laughs> amalgam. Yes, that's boy, that's a big word right there. Uh, I like big words. Bingo for somebody <laughs> out there who's who's, uh, who's paying attention. <laughs> so, so what they did then is there was this kind of uh, this 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 new holiday, and Feralia was one of their holidays they already had, which was a day to remember the dead which was Feralia, and Pomona, which was a day to celebrate their goddess, whose symbol was the apple. So next time you find yourself bobbing for apples, you can thank the Romans for that one. Oh, well, um, there you go. You, you, can, you can thank uh, Pomona. So we're already seeing how so many of already, I mean, we're, we're, we're still way back in history, but we're seeing this combination. We're seeing apples, the bobbing for apples, dressing up in costumes, ghost and the belief of ghost and, and what all that entails. So it continues to progress to the seventh century. And at this point, Pope Boniface took this day and he turned it into a Christian holiday and created what is called All Martyrs Day, which eventually became something called All Saints Day, which was celebrated on November the 1st. So this fusion holiday ended up becoming known as All Hallows. And that's why October 31st ended up becoming known as All Hallows Eve. And then eventually it became known as Halloween. So very quick tour through history there. But what, what, do, you, what do you think about that? It's, it's pretty interesting stuff, I think. Well, I think it's incredibly interesting, man. And I think it's it's really cool to be able to see how this originated and how it all came to be. And especially with that knowledge, you see how this practice evolved and changed over the course of the centuries. And I, I think we often have a hard time really processing just how much time passes over the course of several hundred years because our lifespans are so short and it's hard for us to fathom time beyond our own lifespan. I mean, it's hard for me to fathom the fact that, you know, I have a kid that's almost 12. You know, that, that blows my mind. It does not feel like it was 12 years ago that she was born, but here we are. It's hard enough for me to process 12 years much less 700 years or 1300 years, you know, yeah. since, you know, in, in evolution, in, in terms of this holiday and how it's approached. And this is a know, very brief, brief history. Cause there's a lot more that could be said. about. Uh, there, it. Yeah. There's a ton more, but we're, we're really trying to keep this a, a shorter episode as it's a special episode, but Just in any case, the highlights of the, of the history. Yeah. But it's interesting to see how this changed. This wasn't something that just all of a sudden shifted gears 
and it's changing rapidly over time. This is a slow progression. And then through the years, Halloween became what it is now, where we buy fun costumes and spooky costumes and we run around candy begging and knocking on doors and saying trick or treat and you know, all this other fun, fun stuff that we yeah, do throughout it, the years. Hall, Halloween has has morphed into what it is now, and it continues to morph. Yeah, Halloween as we know it today really began gaining popularity in America as early as the 1800s. And it was actually viewed as a fun family community get-together because communities would celebrate by dressing up as their favorite character or hero or just someone that they looked up to, and they would go door-to-door for treats and candy. And so so this was something that by this time in the 1800s, it was a family event. It was a community event. And it's it's interesting to see how someone can hold such strong convictions on something that at times they don't know a whole lot about. And and I say yeah. that because I have several friends and, and still good friends with them and they are opposed to Halloween. And, I, and, and by the way, that's absolutely fine. If that's what their conscience is calling them to do and they firmly believe it's something they shouldn't participate in and they're convicted on that by all means, don't participate in any forms of Halloween. But as we were discussing this, I was I was just bringing some of this to their attention because a lot of this was new to me, too, when I first started studying this several years ago. And in fact, in large part, I started doing this type of study on Halloween because I ran up against some some folks who believed it was wrong. And I had really never had close relationships with anyone who thought that Halloween was was wrong, at least not that I had been aware of to have those types of conversations. So when I did start having those conversations, I wanted to look into it a little bit deeper myself. And so when I looked at the history, you know, they just kept going back to, well, yeah, but but even back in the 1800s, it's changed since then. And and I really don't think it has. I mean, yes, there has been some changes to an extent, but by thematically, large, it's it's much the same. Yeah, it's it's a family event. People think of of kids going out and trick or treating. It's fun. It's a community event. Um, Of course, I don't mean to say that that in and of itself makes it right, but it also doesn't in and of itself make it wrong. So when we talk about just the history of Halloween now and we come to the present, it's the second largest commercial holiday in America. And it's really just come to be a good excuse to get lots of free candy and dress and fun costumes. And the fun kind of continues when you're an adult as well. There's usually a lot of fall festivals, which I think it's funny. Churches always call them fall festivals. And when I was at, when I was preaching this at a church, you know, I used the word Halloween a hundred times probably in my lesson. And I said, you know, it's funny. I said, everyone at that particular church, for the most part that I'm aware of celebrated Halloween. And I said, you know, but yet when we come together as a church, we call it a fall festival. We don't call it Halloween. Uh, we don't call it a Halloween party. It's a fall festival party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, cause, cause it's still just that, association that sometimes people have. And so let's first talk about what the issue is not with Halloween, just to make it very clear. You know, the issue is not about participating in witchcraft, satanic or idolatrous practices. You brought that up. And that seems to be the misrepresentation at times that, oh, Halloween is when when, when, when individuals come out who are Satanists and all they want to do is participate in witchcraft and idolatrous practices. And as a Christian, you know, I don't think we should have anything to do with that. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in just a moment. But right now, I just want to highlight what the issue is not. The issue also is not about participation in, in ungodly parties. You know, you don't need to be going out on Halloween and getting drunk. You don't need to be doing that any night. Um, you don't need to to go out and participate in vandalism like I used to. You know, you need to repent of that, and you need to quit. To, you need to quit doing it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I've only smashed a few pumpkins in my life, and uh, it was it was by permission of the owners. But th- when we talk about those, all those types of things have nothing to do with Halloween in and of them in and of themselves. It can for some people, but Halloween. We should not uh, inject all of those things automatically into Halloween because the question at hand is, can a Christian celebrate and participate in Halloween and activities within the banner of Halloween in a way that doesn't violate a Christocentric lifestyle, your, your Christian values, Christianity? 
Can a Christian do that? And uh, Lee, I, I know we've, we've talked about there's really three different views, and I'm sure within this spectrum there may be different people who fall between these, but if you can, kind of break down these three differing views that Christians have on Halloween. Well, the three primary views that exist that, that I'm aware of and that you're aware of is the first one is complete abstinence. And this is the view that my family grew up observing and practicing. We never trick or treated. We never, you know, cause now they have Halloween lights, much like they have Christmas lights. Like we never put up Halloween lights. We never had a fog machine or smoke machine or spooky stuff in the house. We never had any of that. We never gave out candy for trick or treating. We never got to buy costumes. We never got to put them on. I mean, we didn't participate in it whatsoever. In let me, let me ask form. you this, Lee, is that common among the Pentecostal churches? Yes, it's extremely common among the Pentecostal churches, and it's actually the predominant view amongst the one-cup branch of the Church of Christ. Those that would celebrate Halloween and trick-or-treat within the one-cup branch, uh, those that would celebrate Halloween are the exception. Yeah, And there's, I'd say, if I had to guess, based on my experience, and this by no means is this exhaustive, because I don't know all of the brethren within the one-cup church, <laughs> sure. but, but I know a lot of them. And based on the preaching that I have heard and the Facebook friends I have had and the information that has been shared and the stuff that's been published in the preacher journals like the Old Paz Advocate and the Truth and other papers like that, the Brotherhood papers, Halloween is typically wholesale condemned. And if I had to put an estimation on how many people participate within the One Cup group, I would say it's somewhere between 20 and 25 percent at the most. Yeah, and and, well, and I know with a Baptist, I have several Baptist friends, and they're kind of divided because some of the friends that I have who are Baptist, of course, they in their church they don't celebrate Halloween. Yeah, and, uh, but I also have some other friends who are who are Baptist, and they do celebrate Halloween. So there, it seems to be outside of the the Pentecostal church. I don't really know of a whole lot of denominations as a whole. In which it's really, unanimous. Yeah, yeah. condemn uh, Halloween unanimously. There, there's going to obviously be people, and there may be groups and subsects and things of that nature within different denominations. But um, quite quite frankly, when I was studying this, I found out that there were more Christians than I realized who opposed Halloween with this, what we call the complete abstinence view that you should have absolutely nothing to do with Halloween in any shape or form. Oh yeah. Well, and I even, I have some cousins who would, their families would go so far as if they were at the store and they were going to buy candy, just, just to buy candy, just to have it at the house, just to eat. If it had Halloween, if it had a jack-o'-lantern or a witch or a ghost or a vampire, you know, those little cartoony cutesy ones that are on that oh, packaging. And I, and I love the that, pumpkins, man, the Reese's pumpkins. Oh. Those are the best pumpkins in the world, oh brother. Goodness, those Reese's, Reese's is my favorite candy and those are the best Reese's ever made oh, full stop period but oh. in any case fast yeah, breaks are really good too man fast, yeah they're good but they ain't nothing like the pumpkin but they wouldn't even buy that candy if it had that artwork on it like that's you gotta how respect that everyone. you know oh, you gotta, yeah, you yeah, gotta respect that that but consistency the, yeah but the reasoning for that had to do with what we had talked about before the idea that this is a holiday associated with witchcraft satanism paganism it's evil and wicked and we shouldn't participate in it and across the board even those that would say well no it's not really associated with witchcraft anymore it's not really associated with paganism anymore I mean, yeah, pagans celebrate it and Wiccans observe it, but it's 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 really not that to most people. But, and this is the position that my family took, it's still associated with darkness. And this is the view that's predominant within the one branch of the Church of Christ. This is a dark holiday. This is a holiday that is celebrated and rooted in darkness, in horror, in the macabre, in terrible, terrible things, and it's not something that a Christian should have any part of. Don't take part in those unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And for that reason, Christians should not celebrate. Well, the second reason and the second perspective, I should say, on Halloween. So the, so the first is complete abstinence. Complete abstinence. Nope, you have nothing, nothing to do at with all, 100% opposed. Okay. And so, yes. so what's the second one? The second one is partial participation. You can participate somewhat in it. You don't call it Halloween. You call it a fall festival. You know, you don't have um, jack-o'-lanterns, but you can have pumpkins and and uh, a horn of plenty and decoration that would be more akin to traditional Thanksgiving decoration. As long as you don't paint a face or carve a face in that pumpkin, you're all right. And 
in this sense, Halloween is celebrated in almost every way, but you're just not calling it Halloween. Um, it, there's no allusion to witches. There's no allusion to magic or, or witchcraft or darkness. Like you're not going to dress up as a witch or a vampire or a ghost or Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees or any of these guys, <laughs> but you can dress up like a cowboy. You could dress up like a soldier. You could dress up like a princess. You could dress up like the Marvel superheroes. You could dress up like them and you can go trick or treating and you can go ahead and ask for candy and do all those things. But we're just going to remove those darker, more macabre elements from the celebration of Halloween. And then, of course, the final perspective is full, full celebration, full participation in which Halloween is celebrated in all of its wonderful glory and everything is viewed as pretend. You know what? We're not invoking the spirits. We're not trying to drive off Sawin, was it? It's not Sam Hain. That's something Sawin. Yeah, right? Sawin. Yeah. yeah, we're not trying to drive off Sawin. We're not trying to uh, coax the spirits or commune with the dead or any of that craziness. That's not what we're doing. We're putting on costumes. We're going out. We're candy begging. We're having a good time. Then we're going to go home, get a bellyache, probably get some cavities and help pay for our dentist yacht in the next you know, few weeks to come. It's good, clean fun. It's not something that we should fully avoid. And that complete abstinence view, that's the one I'm the most familiar with. So I'm going to go ahead and tackle that one if it's cool with you. No, no, go ahead. And, yeah. And then we'll just kind of hand off and banner about it. So cool. You know, the idea behind it, and I kind of just briefly glossed over it, whenever you look at God, when you look at the God we serve, the God we serve is a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of love. He's a God of life. He's a God of light. Halloween does not focus on love and light and, and wholeness and life. It focuses on death and darkness and destruction and Evil. <laughs> and scripture tells us to put oh, away voice man well thank you i, I can it. hit those low notes i can't hit the high notes like i used to before i was about 12 and a half or 13 but that's another story for another time but the bible tells us we need to put away the deeds of darkness <laughs> that if you're <laughs> a child of god oh man i'm sorry bedtime guys, stories th- with lee grant <laughs> that's right hey guys this is this is a very special episode because kevin and i we are very relaxed like we're going into this with no expectations we're just kind of we are riffing hardcore and we're just having a lot of fun with it because guys it's halloween well, and lee's on. dressed up like a hot dog right now you just can't see him oh no that was two years ago <laughs> actually yeah, I was a hot dog two years ago, so it's funny you say that. So I have that costume. Mercy. This year, when we go out trick-or-treating, I'm a pickle. Pickle, that's right. That's Yeah, right. I'm going to be a pickle. So, well, yeah, Beth, it's Bethany's fun. Bob Ross, and I'm going to be a, a happy little tree. Happy little tree, baby. But But God is a God of life. No death or destruction or darkness is anything that a Christian should have any participation in. Romans 13 and 12, the Bible tells us we need to put away the deeds of darkness and that light has nothing in common with darkness, the 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Um And as you said earlier, whenever we think about witchcraft, whenever we think about sorcery, whenever we think about all of those things that the Bible condemns wholesale, oftentimes witchcraft and sorcery and those things, Satanism, are conflated with Halloween as if Halloween is a direct expression of those things. And if that is the perspective you have on this, Well, then it makes sense that a Christian would fully abstain from it because witchcraft is absolutely something that God detests. In Deuteronomy, you see in, I think it's chapter 18, where witchcraft is condemned full stop. And if we are participating in something that glorifies witchcraft, well, we are in essence putting our stamp of approval on it and we're participating and we are involved with those lawless deeds. And You know, I have, like I said, I had cousins that wouldn't even buy Halloween candy if it had Halloween iconography on the packaging. They wouldn't do it. Like they didn't get to, like my cousins, some of them until they were adults, didn't get to experience the wondrous joy of the Reese's Halloween, you know, peanut butter cups. They didn't get to experience the Reese's pumpkins, man. And it should be something that Christians completely avoid. Another reason is because this is a high sacred holiday for the Wiccans. This is their high holiday. This is their Christmas in in essence. And, you know, Wicca is the official um, religion that practices witchcraft. 
there are people, and this is a, a religious designation. You know, a lot of times we can call someone a witch colloquially. If this is a, typically we would call a woman a witch if she's just someone who's disagreeable and hard to get along with and she's just a terrible person. Or if maybe they had a bad day and they got, you know, like, like Kim, for example, she'll be sleep deprived because the kids won't leave her alone at night, especially when they were little. And, you know, she is busy and stressed out and tired all the time. And it would get to her and she would snap and later she'd apologize and say, I'm sorry, I was being so witchy towards you. That's you not say, what we mean by witchy woman. woman. And that's why I'm not a song leader. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's why we're but, that's why we're podcast hosts and not a a a, 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 duo a vocal singing. duet. Yeah. That's we're, right. We're not a duo. Anyway, but but the term witch is actually oh, a religious mercy. designation. Those who practice Wicca, they are witches. That that's what they are called, and it's not a derogatory term. That is the nomenclature used to describe them. And the question that I would ask when I would preach is, you know, with this being the high holiday of paganism and Wicca, is that something that a Christian should have any part of? Is that something that a Christian should celebrate? I mean, should you celebrate alongside these godless pagans, these Wiccans? Halloween started as a pagan holiday. It's still a pagan holiday. And you have no right as a child of God to participate in it. In Romans 16 and 19, the Bible says that we need to be wise to what is good and innocent of evil. And if I participate in Halloween, if I go to a Halloween party, even if I'm dressed up like a hot dog or a pickle, if I let my child participate in Halloween, even if they're dressed up like Buzz and Woody from, from Toy Story, even if they're dressed as a fireman or something mundane or inane, well, I'm sending a mixed message. I am participating in those Works of darkness, those unfruitful works of darkness, and I need to repent. And that's the perspective that exists for the complete abstinence view. And the thing is, man, I get that. And even though my perspective has shifted strongly and we fully accept and participate in Halloween and we fully celebrate it now, that's the perspective that I grew up with. That's the perspective that, that Kim, my wife, grew up with. And... Halloween has become one of our favorite holidays because we love the excitement we see on our kids' faces. We realize that it is just another day, and we're going to get more into this as this unfolds, but that is, in essence, the complete abstinence view. That's why Halloween should not be celebrated in the yes. eyes of some. So so that's the complete abstinence view, and then the the partial participation view uh, argues, the, the argumentation for it, as Lee, you mentioned earlier, it's willing to celebrate Halloween to an extent. It may not go as far as some do, but yeah, they, they're, they still may dress up like a fireman or fire firewoman, or they may uh, dress up as a. Uh, there you go. <laughs> they may dress up as their favorite, you know, character or superhero or something like that. But they believe that dressing up like witches or going to haunted houses and having any type of decorations associated with darkness should be avoided. You shouldn't have cobwebs or you shouldn't have tombstones in your house. That just that just doesn't really flow well with Christianity. At least that's the argument of those who hold this partial participation view. And then there's this full celebration view, which is the view that I hold and have always held and will always hold more than likely. And if I'm wrong, I pray for mercy because I absolutely love Halloween. Well, dude, and it blows my mind. <laughs> as hardcore legalistic as you were, brother, I would have pegged you for a hellfire and brimstone oh preacher How that was coming down on Halloween. No, no, Full stop, man. man. That really surprises me because... Man, if anybody would have preached against Halloween, man, I would, if I were a gambling man, which I'm not, I would have <laughs> bet money. It would have been you, brother. I would so have bet I, money on it. So, so I love, all, and in large part, you know, we are how we were raised in large part, and, and we're constantly having to reevaluate those things. But I was raised with Halloween just being a fun holiday, something that we've participated in fully we would go to haunted as i got older we would go to haunted houses sometimes we'd go to three or four a year with our friends uh, we actually put on haunted houses at times uh, one of my friends he had a 
they had a huge, huge barn. They had a lot of land. And so we decided we were just going to put on a haunted house one year for, for a lot of different folks from church that we knew, uh, because where, where we attended pretty much everything else was off limits, but Halloween was good to go. And uh, by the way, we didn't celebrate baby Jesus on Christmas. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh yeah. And there will be a follow-up to this. We will have a Christmas <laughs> that, that, episode too. No, no baby Jesus on Christmas. Well, let me tell you, Halloween, we were partying it up, man. In, in good Christian fun, but we were partying it up. You bet. And so we, oh yeah, we, we had a, we had a great time, but we did the whole, the whole works, man. The ghosts, the, the graveyards, the, the witches, um, but we all viewed it as just good fun. I mean, nobody was coming thinking that they were a real witch or thinking that they were really going to try to raise someone from the dead or cast a, a literal spell on someone or anything like this. It was just good pretend. And so this is the view that I took back then and I still take today. Of course, I don't bind this view on others and I don't try to convince people they must celebrate Halloween. If, if they don't want to, that's up to them. They, they need to make that decision for themselves. But I, I want to give reasons as to why I not only believe one can fully celebrate Halloween while abstaining from any type of sin, but uh, why I always believe that, not just why I currently believe that. So I, I want to address some of these alleged arguments. And Lee, I know you changed too, so pop in at any time because you I'm sure I'm sure a lot of this is going to be uh, pretty familiar to you at this point. But when it when it comes to the argument of pagan roots, you know, some who oppose Halloween, they reason that it would be wrong because the holiday has its origin in pagan roots, going all the way back to the Celts. Well, if we take that line of reasoning consistently then that same person would also have to argue that it's wrong to celebrate any birthdays, Valentine's Day, or even the days of the week, because each day of the week is, is actually comes from paganism. And so when you look at the consistency of this argument, one has to ask, well, how far are you willing to take it? If, if I say, uh, Monday, and I realize that I'm not actually trying to worship the moon god, but moon's day, and I say, well, I can still say Monday and realize that I have no association with trying to worship a, a false god, then can the same not be true with Valentine's Day? Can the, can the same not be true with uh, St. Patrick's Day, birthdays, et cetera, et cetera? But some have actually identified this inconsistency, and they have come to the conclusion that any in every holiday, our celebration is wrong because of the pagan association of its origin. And so some will say, okay, Kevin, you're right. Um, you know, that's, that, that's something we shouldn't be doing. So we're going to quit celebrating any holidays, any birthdays whatsoever. And while I respect the attempted consistency, I just believe that the fundamental premise is faulty. Um, because something can be originally associated with something that was considered sin, yet still be used for good. And we did a whole episode not too long ago on meat sacrificed to idols, as well as meats that would have not been considered clean under the Jewish law, but that could be eaten as a Christian. And we talk about that in 1 Corinthians 8 and Romans 14 in one of our episodes. But the point Paul's making, especially with meat sacrificed to idols, is that these meats maybe were originally associated with idolatry, but they're nothing but meat. Even Paul says it's nothing but meat. So regardless of how other people may have viewed that meat, if that doesn't offend you, if you realize there's nothing wrong in eating it, if you're not convinced that there's anything wrong with it, you can eat that meat because intrinsically it's not wrong. And so the idea that just because something was originally associated with paganism or idolatry, therefore we need to abstain from it and cannot use it in a different way, I believe is refuted by Paul. Paul explained that there was nothing wrong with eating or buying these meats as long as one, of course, could properly disassociate it with the pagan origin, which some could not. Some still had the conviction. Some still had the belief. It was too difficult for them to do that. And, and for some, it may be the same when it comes to Halloween. In their mind, it may be too difficult for them to disassociate some things. And if that's the case, then, of course, they don't need to celebrate it. But Paul made the same argument when it came to the celebration of holidays, uh, specifically Roman uh, Jewish holidays in Romans chapter 14, verses 5 through 6. 
Now, now that point that you just made, I, I do want to pipe this in here because yeah, this is the argument that I would use because I have this conversation with, with different friends and with different folks and, and they would, they would make this argument from Romans 14 and from first Corinthians eight about the meat being sacrificed to idols and especially concerning holidays and holy days. Yeah. And my answer to them was always, well, what holidays does Paul have in mind here? Paul yeah. has Jewish holidays in mind. He has the Passover in mind. He has the sure. Feast of New Moons. He has the Feast of Booze, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. He has all of these Jewish celebrations in uh, Hanukkah or what would become Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. Those are the things that, that he has in mind when he writes this. He doesn't have Halloween in mind. That's not what he's talking about. So you can't make it apply to Halloween. And, you, you know, it's so interesting how we can get so focused in on context that we lose the greater context because so many arguments are, are founded upon and based on taking things out of context to make it fit something it was never intended to fit. But then you can also go the other direction where you get so laser focused on context in, in terms of, of the principle of silence forbids or exclusionary teaching that you focus and, and apply the context so hard that there really is no application other than prohibition that exists at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I would have, because I've, I've heard the same, the same arguments as well. In fact, I, it's, it just baffles me, my own inconsistency looking back, and I'm sure I still have a bunch of inconsistency. I just haven't found yet. You know, we all have blind spots, and um, our biases typically create those. But when it came to Halloween, I would go to Romans 14, 5, and 6, and First Corinthians 8, 4, and 8. But when it came to Christmas <laughs> and celebrating the birth of Christ, I would say, oh, well, one can't use Romans 14, 5, and 6 to authorize that yeah, as I was a holiday. I was more consistent than you because I use it for both Halloween and Christmas. Now, so. let me ask you this. Did you guys celebrate um, birthdays and— uh, Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, St. Patty's yeah. Day and think like, did you wear green on St. Patrick's Day? And if I remembered and realized it was St. Patrick's Day, I would. Yeah, but so 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 there you go. Romans fourteen five and six isn't talking about birthdays and St. Patty's Day. <laughs> well, and, and it, this is I'm really looking forward to doing the Christmas episode. This is this one's going to be a blast. But you know, you're probably going to be with your family. I'll be with mine, so we'll record it earlier. But in oh. any case, but that's the argument that I would have made, and that's the argument that I did make for both Halloween and Christmas. Is well, Paul was only talking about Jewish holidays, and it's like, well, if that's the case. Well, then how do we even apply that in the here and now? But anyway, I'm oh, sorry. Dude, I just, no, I just actually, want to throw that in there. No, no, no. And I, this, that made, made me remember something. So, yeah. In fact, when, when I was studying Romans 14 with someone, um, I went as far to say that that wouldn't even authorize Jewish holidays today for a Christian because that was just a transitional period and that it was only during this, you know, quote unquote, transitional time that Paul was allowing these weak individuals to celebrate their Jewish heritage, but that that wouldn't continue on past a certain time. I didn't know when that certain time was. I just knew it wasn't today um, that, you know, no longer could, could a Christian celebrate any Jewish holidays. And so, uh, yeah, dude, it just, it just makes me realize the different ways in which we can all understand Scripture. You know, the interpretive diversity of Scripture is mind-boggling, not only among other people, but just among ourselves when we look at how we have seen and understood and interpreted Scripture and applied it in so many different ways. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. And of course, my main argument would go back to 1 Corinthians 8. Yeah, because that the, does have to do with pagan origins. Right, because, you know, Paul's whole point is something once associated with paganism doesn't necessarily have to always be associated with it, even if it was currently associated with paganism. You can use it for different purposes if, uh, if of course, there's nothing intrinsically unchristlike about it. So, let's, yeah. so, so the Wiccan holiday, so this was interestingly because, so some argue, as you pointed out, that it would be wrong to celebrate Halloween because it's the official holiday of the Wiccans who practice witchcraft. That's actually not a fair assessment. I did some research on this and ended up talking to a Wiccan. <laughs> and because I was told by multiple people during the course of, of my discussions uh, with those who disagreed with me celebrating ha- Halloween, that the Wiccans celebrated this and it was their holiday. 
And that's when they got together and that basically, you know, we have, we have, we are just celebrating alongside these pagans and these Wiccans and these non-believers. Yeah. And they're dancing naked around a bonfire somewhere in the <laughs> it's middle like Lord of, of the Rings. With, or, yeah, Lord of the yeah. Rings, Lord of the Flies, maybe the Lord of the Rings too. I don't know. I fell asleep in that movie, but I know the Lord <laughs> of the Flies, you know, everybody's just crazy dancing around the fire, but uh, yeah, after they kill somebody, but I, I wanted to look into this some more because I had actually never heard that. And so it is true that that this is a Wiccan holiday, but I actually reached out to a Wiccan. Well, first I read, did some research on the internet, and I just I couldn't find a whole lot um, that I felt like was because everything about Wick like anything I could find on Wiccans it was written by Christians about how wrong they were and how horrible they were and everything. So I was actually trying to find something written by a Wiccan. So I finally found some different articles, and and they were saying that the way that they celebrate is no is is nowhere near the way that we celebrate Halloween. Like the the common person celebrates Halloween. It's not even viewed as the same holiday. So I, I actually reached out to, to an author of an article a few years ago who was a Wiccan and just had a conversation with her. I said, look, I'm a Christian. I'm having this discussion right now with some Christian friends, and I want your honest opinion. If me and my family go out and celebrate Halloween and we dress up and we dress up like witches or we dress up like ghosts or whatever it might be, and we go out and get candy and we have parties and bob for apples and just get together and eat candy, would you say that I, that's in, in any way associated with you as a Wiccan and what you're celebrating? And she came and she laughed. She, uh, she put ha ha ha. She said no. She said, uh, in fact, in her Wiccan community, they they actually mock. And this is what she told me. I got this email. Uh, well, I had it. This has been like four years ago. But uh, she said that they actually mock like Christians because of how they have misinterpreted what Wiccans actually do on Halloween and how it has nothing to do with the holiday they celebrate known as Halloween. And Did she, she go into detail how they do it? Well... <laughs> It's it's something it's she just said that what they do has nothing to do with going out and celebrating a community with candy and trick or treating and things of that nature. To them, it's it is about their own witchcraft and what they celebrate. And so her point was it's it, it's similar to like an atheist celebrating Christmas. Right. Like like just just because an atheist celebrates Christmas and makes it their own holiday doesn't mean that if I celebrate Christmas, I am agreeing or celebrating or endorsing everything that an atheist is doing um, for, for their Christmas. It may look completely different, if that makes sense. And so yeah. her, her whole point was, no, like going, dressing up, going out and getting candy, like no, no Wiccan actually thinks you're like with them just because you do that. <laughs> she said it's a, <laughs> it's a joke. Like they actually make fun of you know, she said we 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 make fun of Christians, you know, tongue in cheek. I mean, jokingly, but she said we we make fun of Christians for making sure that oh, you know, I'm not going to celebrate a Wiccan holiday. She's like, we don't view Halloween as the commercialized holiday that it is as what we do as Wiccans. It's it's, it's a completely different understanding. Um, so so the bottom line is different days can mean different things to different people. Even the same holiday can mean different things to different people. And that, yeah. that does go back to, you know, Paul says that a day in and of itself is nothing, that it, it cho it's, it's how we choose to celebrate the day. And so while many Christians see Christmas um, as a time to celebrate the birth of Christ, for example, I just pointed out a minute ago, many atheists celebrate Christmas as purely a secular holiday, and the same is true with Easter. Atheists can celebrate Easter, atheists can celebrate Chris, uh, Christmas, and that that. They, they don't say, oh, well, I don't want to be associated with Christianity, so I'm not going to celebrate Christmas. Now, there may be some who are like that, but I personally know atheists who love Christmas. It's their favorite holiday, yeah. but they're not celebrating yeah. it the way that a Christian who celebrates it as the birth of Christ would. And so how someone may choose to celebrate a day does not negate someone else's right to celebrate the same day differently. Um, no. So yeah, that's okay. that's spot on, man. I was just gonna pipe in and just say that. Yeah, you're you're spot on. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say that one more time because I think it's important to get that point. How someone else may choose to celebrate a day does not negate someone else's right to celebrate the same day differently. And I want to make a side note here because I feel like this is kind of where our society is. Like we we don't want to be associated with anything. Um, 
com- coming from, you know, we're like, if, if you're, you know, you're not supposed to shop here. You're not supposed to shop there. You're not supposed to eat this, or you're not supposed to eat that. And by the Cancel way, that, culture. yeah, yes. And that goes on all sides. I mean, and, and I'm just, and this could be a whole nother podcast in and of itself, but you know, I have friends who are so progressive that they refuse to eat at Chick-fil-A. Um, I have friends who refuse to to shop at Hobby Lobby uh, I, because they think that they're too conservative and restricted. Then I have friends who say, "Well, I'm not even going to, you know, drink it at Starbucks, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to shop at Target or whatever it may be." And I understand each individual's conscience. You have to do what you think is right and, and what you're able to do. But my goodness, Lee, it just seems like today, man. Um, it's run amok on on both sides, and I and I believe we need to look at cultural sensitivity. Don't get me wrong; I do think that there are many things we do need to reevaluate in the way we handle. But but for for the most part, the way that in a lot of these, you, you couldn't eat anywhere, and you know you <laughs> yeah. like I remember t- talking to a friend who was so opposed to alcohol. He said you can't go to any restaurant that serves alcohol because of the association. I said, well, dude, where do you where do you eat at? He said, well, I just typically eat at fast food joints, you know? He said, that's about it. And I cook at home. So where do you buy those that, that food from? He goes, Walmart, grocery store. I said, well, you know those, those grocery stores and Walmart, you know that they sell alcohol. He goes, yeah, but I don't walk down the aisles when I'm there. And, you know, I just, but, and, and you know, each person has to make their own decisions. But I think I feel like it's almost the same when it comes to things like, you know, Halloween, that if you're celebrating this day, well, then that means you must be celebrating in an evil way. If you're doing this, then you must, you know, if, if you're shopping at Chick-fil-A, you are eating at Chick-fil-A, then you, you, you must be a bigot. If, if you're shopping um, at Target, then you, you know, you, you must agree with all of their views or, or whatever it might be. I mean, it just, uh, it, it is, it's very hard to decipher these days. But anyway, I, I feel like that conversation does kind of come into play here yeah. Because it's it's one thing to say I'm not going to do it. It's another to say Lee you're wrong. You don't for need doing to do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because now we're we're drawing lines um and and now Lee is being judged by my conscience, which which Paul says that should not be the case. I can only be judged by my conscience. No one can be judged. No one else but me can be judged by my conscience. But the the idea of pretend and make believe, you know, we have all in some form or fashion participated in make believe. And even the Bible utilizes what we would understand to be fairy tales and and parabolic language and make believe, you know, Jotham has stories of talking trees uh, in Judges chapter nine, verses seven through 15. And just, just about every show or movie made for children is pretend you have talking animals, cars, fairy tales, Harry Potter and Disney, which some people you know, are opposed to those things. Um, but, and, and once again, where do you draw the line? You know, where, where do you draw the line when, when you go down that path? And that's why I don't go down that path. I've abandoned that path because to me, it's a divisive, uh, con, such a divisive con convoluted, inconsistent path that yeah. I think we need to let each person make their own decisions on that. Well, did you get so wrapped up in drawing lines? You don't have any time to love your neighbor as yourself. You get so focused on scrutinizing your neighbor to make sure they're drawing the same lines that you're drawing, that you predicate your love for them and your expression of your love for them yeah. based on the lines they draw. If you're not drawing the same, the same lines I am, well, then you're not as good of a person. You're not as good of a Christian. You're just a, a woefully lost you know, reprobate and yeah. you need to be corrected. Let me show you the right way. And it's because my focus is on the line and it's not on my neighbor. It's not on love for my neighbor. It's focused on the line and not on Jesus. And that's just not cool. That's not the way it needs to be in the life of a Christian. You know? Yeah, no. And, and once again, I want to emphasize each person needs to make their own decision. I, I don't want anyone thinking that, that me or Lee, we're trying to tell you, um, oh, you need to celebrate Halloween. Uh, but we are pointing out there are, before you judge another on these things, you need to look at the the evidence and you need to look at the consistency. You know, I think of candy cigarettes or big chew gum for kids. It doesn't mean we're promoting the tobacco companies. And by, by, by the way, um, tobacco, that would be a, a good, uh, good, good topic to, to talk about. But, oh, yeah. you know, I, I remember, um, there was a family where they would allow their kids to have big chew gum. You know what I'm talking about, right? The big yeah, chew yeah. Gum. 
I used and, to love that gum, and I tried to chew the whole package at once. Oh, it, well, it was good for about ten seconds, and after ten seconds, there's there's nothing there, right? It's you like know, a the taste was great, yeah, for like ten seconds. Yeah. But um, so so I, I knew a family, and they they had some kids, and they would let their kids when they would go to ball practice just for fun to make them feel good. You know, they would buy them like big chew gum and give them the pack of that, but they wouldn't let them have ca- candy cigarettes. <laughs> and once again man i'm not it it just it shows the subjectivity of of how each individual handles these different situations that sometimes can be painfully inconsistent but that's still their own decision to make um oh dude well and i I mean one of the things that comes to mind is playing cards yeah like like playing cards whenever we were growing up my brother and i loved card games we would come up we would try to find as many card games as we could play we'd play crazy eights would play um uh old maid would play solitaire would play war would play slapjack we would play all these different games with playing cards we love playing cards we learned how to do card tricks with them and i remember taking a deck of cards to church in the pentecostal years um, I took a deck of cards to church to show some of my friends some card tricks that I had learned. And my Aunt Marie, who who I loved the pieces, she was a wonderful woman. Kind of crotchety, but she was a wonderful woman. Um, she's she's been passed away now for 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 a for a while, probably close to fifteen years, maybe twenty. I, I don't really remember when exactly she died. But whenever she saw us in the little foyer, because we had the main entrance to that church building I grew up in. at the front of the church. And then we had two side entrances and those two side entrances, each of them went through a different fellowship hall. The one on the North side was dedicated to Sunday school. And then the one on the South side was dedicated to like church lunches and things like that. So we were in the the South fellowship hall and I was showing these kids, this card trick. She grabbed the deck of cards from me and went into this tirade about how awful and how wicked they were and how they were evil and how that's the kind of thing that they do at bars and you don't ever need to be playing with those cards because there's gambling involved with it and you don't need to be a gambler and that's just unacceptable and I'm going to talk to your parents about letting you even bring playing cards. You shouldn't even have them, much less bring them into a church house. That's just awful and that's wicked and that's wrong. (laughs) And yet... Her and my uncle Emmett and my other aunts and uncles love to play dominoes together. Which has just as much gambling associated with it as playing cards. If not more, yeah. If not more. So, I mean, brother, you're absolutely right about pretend and make believe and and just how subjective all of this can be. Well, and I don't... Look, we're all inconsistent. You know, I I was telling someone the other day, uh, we were talking about the lack of consistency a lot of times in different arguments. And I said, the the point that I've learned is not that we're finally going to get to a point where we're just so consistent, there's no wrinkles in our belief system. It's the point of recognizing we all are actually inconsistent and we're just simply trying to do the best that we can with our own experiences, with our own understanding, with our upbringing, our education, our personalities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because each person to them, it may not be inconsistent. Now, looking at the on the outside, it may be inconsistent for me to view it that way, but for them, it may be perfectly consistent. And I think that goes back to Paul's whole point of pointing back to Jesus that we all have knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says we all have knowledge and we know that knowledge puffs up, but we need to we need to operate through the lens of love for one another. And so what may look inconsistent to me and be inconsistent to me may not be inconsistent to you. It, it may be because maybe you didn't have the same associations with certain things. And so that's why we yeah. have to be humble. Uh, we have to be understanding, but we also have to make sure we're not being judgmental of people who don't have perhaps the same associations with something that I may have. And, you know, I, I think about St. Patty's Day because you had talked about wearing green if you had it on St. Patty's Day. I'm curious, since you didn't eat the Easter eggs, or at least some didn't, or not the Easter eggs, but the pumpkins. I'm assuming you didn't eat the Easter eggs either, but the Reese's pumpkins. <laughs> um, did, w- would you eat, like, candy that looked like gold on St. Patty's Day? Dude, let me tell you something. <laughs> My cousins had that conviction against those pumpkins. Not us. Dude, we bought those Reese's pumpkins by the truckload when I was a so, kid. We would go to Sam's and literally buy them in bulk. 
So yeah, yeah. Trust me, we would. Okay, but so, the candy gold, I never ate that because I always thought it was disgusting. So I didn't yeah, it, was just, it. <laughs> it was just like cheap Hershey kisses, or not cheap, but like cheap Hershey bar. You know, it wasn't real Hershey bar. It was like it was the great value chocolate. Version. Yeah, yeah. it's like no, it like it, it had like half as much sugar. It just wasn't as good. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's funny because I would I would be curious to know if that family you're talking about if they did they celebrate St. Patty's Day. Honestly, I don't remember, man. I honestly don't remember if my cousins celebrate because we hardly ever, we almost, we didn't go and visit them commonly around St. Patrick's. I want to say, I think they did, but I can't say with certainty, but I knew, do know they celebrated Easter. Yeah. Which is really interesting because, is, yeah. well, even in the one cup church of Christ, even within the one cup branch of the churches of Christ, Easter is not something that is celebrated. Now, did they it's, celebrate it as a religious holiday or just as a secular holiday with the Easter bunny? Some would celebrate it as a secular holiday with the Easter bunny, but it would be even be more rare to find members of the One Cup Church of Christ that celebrated yeah. Easter than it would Halloween. Well, that that's what we need to do. Let's do one on right now so our audience can know. We're going to do one on Halloween and we're going to do one on Easter too. I mean Christmas. Christmas. We're doing one on Halloween. Yeah. What did I say? Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trigger yeah, treat. We'll gotcha. Yeah. We're going to yeah. do one on Christmas and we're going to do one on Easter. And that way we can kind of cover the whole gamut there. But. Anyway, with all of this said, um, here, here's kind of the way I like to summarize it, at least the way I understand it. You know, if you're participating in witchcraft or sorcery or true satanic practices, you know, obviously that's something that needs to be left behind, uh, needs to be avoided by those who are following Jesus. Um, Wiccans, though, they don't, they themselves don't even see Halloween and the practices associated with it as pagan or condoning paganism in the sense of how it is commercialized and how we're celebrating it and talking about Halloween as it is a commercialized holiday. Uh, one can pretend or make believe about witches and ghosts, all in good fun, without condoning uh, true dark forces. But all three views that we have discussed, I believe, are in line with a Christ-like life. And one shouldn't feel obligated to participate in Halloween, and one shouldn't feel wrong if they do want to participate in Halloween. And so at the end of the day, I believe it comes to uh, a matter of judgment, and each person has to make the decision for themselves without binding that on others. So if you don't believe in participating in Halloween, then you shouldn't. And you should abstain from practices or events you feel comfortable with. If you feel like you could have partial participation, have partial participation. If you feel like you can have full participation, have full participation. But don't go making problems for, for churches, regardless of what your view is. If you attend a church and they have a fall festival, don't get upset that they don't call it a Halloween party. Let them call it a fall festival and enjoy it. If your church has a fall festival or a Halloween party and you don't think they should, don't go. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, you don't have to go to it, but uh, don't don't try to judge your fellow siblings in Christ who who are going and getting great enjoyment and fellowship out of it. And so I, I think that this is an important topic. It's one that I don't know. I don't know if it's talked about a whole lot. We, we didn't really talk about it much just because it was assumed to be true. And I think we do need to talk about it to make sure people understand the proper history and the different ways of looking at it. But at the end of the day, this is just something that I personally believe needs to be a judgment call. But uh, you better believe come October 31st, I'm going to be having me some good times, man. Well, and and agreed, man. Agree with everything. And that's, the, that's what I think might be surprising to our listeners is that the conclusion at the end of the day is that if you believe that you should not participate in Halloween, that Halloween is something that a Christian has that should have no part in, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, all if you three believe views that, are right. Yeah, if you believe that the partial participation view is right and you just need to omit those other elements that, that tend to give people pause, you're right. If you believe that you can participate fully and completely and still be you know, whole and holy in the sight of God, you're right. No matter which perspective you hold to, you're right. The most important principle, do not violate your conscience. Don't yeah. violate your conscience in this. If you feel like you don't need to participate, then do not do it. Don't do it. Don't put yourself in that situation. And at the same time, don't castigate others who see it differently than you do. Because like you said, brother, all three perspectives are scriptural and all three perspectives can be right. 
Yeah, yeah, but just don't come to my house if you think it is wrong because we have a lot of decorations. <laughs> and we decorate our office full throttle as well. <laughs> my office manager loves Halloween. It was her mother's favorite holiday. She has a lot of her mother's old decorations. And man, you walk into our office during Halloween and it get it's it's crazy. It's it's really cool. So. Yeah, well we we have we bought Bethany bought like a f- 6 foot skeleton. And we keep it literally in a bag, in a trash bag, two trash uh, bags in our garage. And we were moving. (laughs) Someone grabbed it and they dropped it and the bones came out. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you really do have uh, bones, you know, and skeletons in your closet, don't you? (laughs) Well, hey, if, if I can, this is something that I have wanted to do. And if I ever do this, you better believe it's happening. It'll be amazing. There was a, a story or this thing that I saw on the internet, one of those memes or whatever. And and after this, we'll wrap it up and we'll we'll call it we'll call it good. But um, he had taken one of those skeletons and he was redoing his porch. And while he was redoing his porch, he dug a partial hole and put the skeleton in the in that oh, hole and made it look like it was buried. And then he rebuilt the porch over it. And he said, the next owner of this house that redoes this porch is going to find them an interesting surprise. Oh, that is hilarious, and I'm like, man. I've got to do that. Whenever we redo our flooring in part oh, of our house, great. I am so putting a skeleton under the house. It's going to be <laughs> hilarious. Well, but no. you know, we, we have, we've always enjoyed Halloween. I We love, we're big Disney fans and love Disney World and Disneyland and Haunted Mansion is one of my top favorite rides. And we've bought a lot of different uh, things from Haunted Mansion there. And we, our whole, ha- we decorate more for Halloween than we do any, in fact, we're going to be decorating this weekend and it's, uh, well, we're recording this much earlier than Halloween, but we're going to, we're in the what middle of September right now, but we're actually going to be decorating um, here soon. And we're looking forward to it. You know, it's fun. Me and Bethany love doing it and it's just, just something we enjoy too. And so I hope people, if they ever have doubted, not because of their conviction, but maybe they have just been told it was wrong and they've just kind of wondered. They felt I hope that, that they pressure. can, yeah, yeah, I hope they can celebrate it um, and have a good time doing so and, and feel the freedom to be able to do that. Absolutely. And that's the goal. The goal is to explore all of these ideas and discuss them and have conversations about them that, that does that where we do our best. And I know we're not perfect in this, but we always want to do our best to be respectful of all different perspectives, even those we don't agree with. And it's harder for us to be respectful to those positions that we once held, but now no longer agree with. And so I I hope in this, in this discussion that we haven't caused offense to anybody. I mean, that's never the goal. We never want to offend anybody. We never intentionally want to cause offense. So hopefully this has been a profitable discussion for all of you. We hope that you enjoy it. We hope that it's a good conversation that serves you well, and it gives you some perspective so that you can continue to explore your own faith in pursuit of God's grace. Uh, We appreciate all of you. Uh, Give us that five-star review on iTunes. Share this podcast with your friends and neighbors. Um, share it on Facebook, join our Facebook group. If you feel so inclined, you can search for our discussion board and we'll add you once you answer a few basic questions. We love you all and we bid you a happy Halloween.